Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. Three straight game-winning goals for Shea Theodore. I'm Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick, our new co-host here on Locked On VGK. And Chris, we couldn't launch this on April the 1st. Some might have had some doubts. Welcome aboard. Shea Theodore with the game-winning goal and currently 42 goals on the season for VGK defenseman and a huge one for Shea Theodore to win it in overtime on Sunday, 3-2 to two over the Canucks. And again, another must-win situation for VGK. Yeah, last time we talked, and good to be back, everybody, but last time we talked, we said, hey, hopefully uh, the next four games, you know, we'll be talking about a four-game winning streak. Well, it's a five-game winning streak. Uh, a lot of positive right now, a lot of defensemen that were on the mend coming back, and someone like Shea Theodore, who is so important to pushing the puck, contributing to the offensive side, whether it's creating scoring chances, scoring game-winning goals, scoring breakaways, all the amazing things that he does. It's uh, it's good times right now. It's exciting. Yeah, and, uh, you know, in that game, as we're talking about defensemen, uh, let's talk about, of course, Alec Martinez came back, and he had a big game with five block shots uh, the last game out against the Kraken, and then on Sunday night, there was that goal that just went right between his legs. It was an own goal for VGK, and Horvat uh, got credit for that goal. It was a little bit of a miscue, but also let's talk about the defense. Braden McNabb is back. He blocked seven shots on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, everything, you know, that how much that is the Alec Martinez effect? I mean, he's gone for so long. He's the first guy out on the ice, last guy on the ice type after warm-ups, after the games, high-fiving all the players and such. And, you know, he is an absolute warrior out there, even though tonight Shea Theodore was the warrior for uh, taking the taking the stick to uh, underneath his eye and getting some stitches. But, you know, the Alec Martinez effect, I think, rings true and it's contagious what he does out there. Yeah. And Jonathan Marsha. So let's talk about the game winning goal for the Golden Knights, because Marsha falls down <laughs> and uh, he just fans on the puck and then just gets up and decides to head up ice. He picks up the puck. And then suddenly they have numbers and they have the odd man rush. And then he gets uh, the puck in front of the net and Shea Theodore um, couldn't control it at first. And then he just hits it in. So on his second attempt, pretty much he knocks it in the net. And that was a big game for VGK to win. And again, where did this all start with the Chicago game where they had the comeback and the Golden Knights now have gained a ton of confidence here down the stretch? Yeah, um, I was at the Chicago game, which was an absolute amazing game to be at. And the energy is coming back in T-Mobile. The comfort is coming back. And, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, they, they had to come back from a three-goal deficit against, you know, a bottom, you know, seller-type team like Chicago. But they got there. They got it done. And right now, it just it doesn't matter how they do it. Get two points. And it, it's just the time of the year right now where – if you win a game, you gain an inch. But if you lose a game, it's like you lose the foot out there as far as the overall standings and such goes. But, you know, it's uh, 
there's still time left. There's still some big games left and the playoffs are not as far of an outlandish of a possibility as they were, you know, just uh, seven or eight days ago. Yeah. So now there's 11 games remaining for the Golden Knights. And on paper, when you look at the schedule, I think it's a lot easier than a lot of the other teams, except for the fact that there are games in hand for a lot of other contenders. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is every time you're watching what's happening, every other game involving the teams we're up against, it's a damn three point game. It seems like it's going to overtime. Someone's making this comeback. And that's been the unfortunate thing, but otherwise, yeah, looking at the schedule right now, two huge games coming up this week, Calgary and Edmonton back-to-back Thursday and Saturday. But then outside of that, you circle the Dallas game on the 26th. Even that game against, you know, the very last game of the season against the Blues, that could end up being, you know, a play-in type of game, depending how the Blues do. But that game on the 26th, and the game on the 14th against Calgary, 26 Dallas, those are the two games that are probably circled on the calendar as being, you know, the most important games, along with Edmonton. I forgot about Edmonton on the 16th. That game, I mean, that's uh, probably of greater importance than all of them. Yeah, for sure. And Shea Theodore, uh, let's talk about him this season. Uh, He had that injury early on in the season where he lost the edge on his skate, hits his head against the (laughs) wall, and then he's out. He has a concussion had some COVID issues and other issues and what have you. And then he goes 27 games before he scores a goal. And now he has the game winner in each of the last three games. Yeah. I mean, goals are a fluky thing. Anyone that watches enough hockey understands that players can be, you know, throwing everything they have at the net. They're getting breakaways. They're hitting posts. They're fanning on shots. Their stick is breaking when they're taking, you know, line up that big one timer. It's just, you know, it's, it's fluky. And then at times, Every time someone touches the puck, it just goes in the back of the net. Unfortunately, it happened with Alec Martinez tonight, but, you know, that's uh, that's just how it goes sometimes. And the important thing is putting yourself in place for those good things to happen. How much of Shea Theodore's game is different over these last three games when he got the game winners versus, you know, the last however many games it was since he scored a goal? I don't know how much has really changed. Maybe, you know, he's squeezing his stick a little bit harder. Maybe he's thinking a little bit more. Maybe he's doing some weird pregame routines. Who knows what it is, but, you know, whatever he's doing, don't change anything. But 42 goals for the Blue Liners for the Golden Knights. Stay with us. Coming up next, Robin Leonard returns to net. You're listening to Lockdown Golden Knights. Have you tried Built Bar's Puffs? They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy. They are marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. And all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bar with these. They are much better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. And most Built Bars contain... 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And you can compare that to any candy bar, which usually has around around 240 calories, I should say, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 Get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick. And make sure that you check out Lockdown Now wherever you get your podcast. Hey, Chris, Robin Leonard deleted his Twitter account on Sunday. He made it inactive or whatever. And then he was activated for the first time since March the 8th. What did you think of his performance? I mean, the performance is great. Um, I, I think before I dial in on Robin Leonard, I think we got to go back to uh, Coach PDW here and you know talk about DeBoer and his choices for the goaltending. And listen, the flurry stuff and everything last year, just you know, forget that for a second. But the choices he makes in the goaltenders he picks, I think he spins the right dials. I think he makes the right decisions when it comes to the big decisions he needs to make in that. Logan Thompson's been great. I think Logan Thompson might get the lion's share of the starts from here to the end of the season, but Logan Thompson or Robin Leonard should not play every game from here on out as well. Uh, Robin Leonard's proven himself playoffs rate and definitely the regular season, definitely the regular season. So Leonard, Leonard, he needs to be there. He needs to be in the net, but I think Logan Thompson is probably going to get more starts at least maybe like a 60, 40 split, um here on out i love that robin leonard deleted his twitter personally he's so honest about everything going on i'm not gonna we don't gotta go too deep into that but he is so honest about everything and it just seems like the fan base for lack of better term craps on him about it sorry to use you know terminology like that but you know he's so honest and it's used against him instead of rallying around him so you know good on him you know, lock it down a little bit. No pun intended there as well, but lock it down a little bit. And let's uh, let's focus on the hockey and maybe keep things a little bit tired to the vest. Yeah, see, I'm wondering if something ticked off Robin Leonard. Okay, he was activated. And, you know, the last couple of games in Seattle prior to the game on Sunday night against the Canucks, Robin Leonard was activated, but he was a backup to Logan Thompson. And if you're a starter, if you're a bona fide starter, and he was there, okay, he's ready to go. He comes off the injured list. You know, I would have thought if I were Robin Leonard, I would want to be the one in net. And, of course, we know Pete DeBoer and his M.O., right, Chris? Pete DeBoer will go with the hot hand regardless of anything else. He's done it before. We've seen this with his line changes, his shifts, and everything else, and especially with whomever's in goal. I think Robin Leonard did – he handled everything – for the last two years with Marc-Andre Fleury, as perfect as you can. He was there to back him up. He was there to be Mark's cheerleader. He was supportive when he started, supportive when he didn't start. And I don't think that's, and again, I'm not Robin Leonard. I got no clue what the guy's thinking, but I honestly think he has the team first mentality. He, it had been a while since he had you know, started a game and, and had a lot of practices for that matter. But I honestly don't think the fact that Logan Thompson started over him, if you want to say it like that. I don't think that should be viewed as anything negative towards Robin. And I don't see Robin Leonard as the type to take that anyway, but, you know, let's find a way to win. We're going to win together. And, you know, it took a tandem effort for a long time with Marc-Andre Fleury. So, you know, why should it be a different one with Logan Thompson, who's playing amazing right now? Yeah, I'm really fan favorite Logan Thompson. Go figure. He has become the fan favorite. And I, the thing about Logan Thompson is his poise. That really impresses me. Again, an AHL player, goalie of the year a year ago, comes up. He's in the spotlight. Golden Knights are in a huge playoff race, fighting for their lives. And he just goes out there every night. And he seems to be 
appears to be gaining a ton of confidence no matter who they're playing. And, you know, I'm really I'm impressed with his poise and his composure. Now, you watched him when he was with the Silver Knights. Uh, what did you think? What did you see in him that made you think, Chris, that he was going to be a big time goalie, perhaps? So a couple of things. I want to rewind a little bit more about uh, Logan Thompson first. I agree on the ice completely with his poise, his demeanor and his confidence. Um, you know, Robin Lehrer just deleted his Twitter. Well, look at uh Logan Thompson can't stay away from social media, if you ask me. In the comments, he's reading a lot what people are saying. Um, just recently, after the shutout against Seattle, he made the comments towards McKenna, who I think scouted him, said he gets too low, and it basically makes Logan Thompson, who is a big-body goalie, yeah, smaller that. than he seems. And that was one of the first comments he said in his, in his uh, postgame after he gets his shutouts. Um, then he made the comments about, you know, the, all the goalie coaches and living in their mother's basement, whatever that exact quote was. <laughs> he so just his, said, yeah, everyone, you know, is, is a goalie coach living in their mom's basement. There you go. Exactly. All the comments and telling him how he should be goaltending. And, and that's the thing. So he's, he's young, he's maturing in front of us, but you know, you just hope that energy isn't taken the wrong way. Now uh, to go back about Logan Thompson, I, I've been to a ton of silver night games that we do have season tickets for them. we, did our time, if you will, over at the Orleans, happy that those days are behind us, but we did our time at the Orleans going to watch him. And same thing, the demeanor is there. He's a fun guy to watch and warmups. He's really fun with the crowd, especially the kids and stuff like that. And once the game starts, like once he's in that, once he's in that tunnel five or six minutes before he even takes the ice, he's getting focused. He's doing all sorts of different things with his body, just getting himself ready and getting himself in the moment. His, his stats this year down at the AHL level are not indicative of him being a breakout candidate. It was more of necessity. And I just think it's uh, sometimes the moment, the change of scenery going from taking a bus every day to your games to jumping on a plane, being in the big club, playing in the big arena. Just some people are meant for the big stage. Okay, so 11 games remaining for VGK. And we heard Kelly McCrimmon. He said that they would win seven of their or 10 of their final 14, I should say. And right now it appears as though they could be on pace. And I want to talk, okay, Logan Thompson or Robin Leonard, that big road swing in Canada. And so mm -hmm. is it Calgary first and then Edmonton? Who would you start first? How would that go? Because uh, what is the bigger game? Obviously, uh, they're both big. They're both huge for VGK. Every game matters now. But. How would they go in the pecking order? And if you say it's about 60% for Thompson, then we could see him in as many as uh, seven games coming up here down the stretch. Um, so to answer the question, I think that if they do beat Calgary on Thursday, the 14th, I think, I mean, unless it's like a six to five, five to four type, you know, uh, track meet type game, I think whichever goalie starts on the 14th starts on the 16th, assuming they have a strong performance, and if they definitely win the game, and it's a reasonable margin. I think the same goalie goes both, goes both of those games, just based on what we said a few minutes ago about, uh, about Coach running with the hot hand. So I think the bigger question is, who starts Wednesday? And then, you know, we got Arizona on Saturday, and then another game in Vancouver. And Vancouver on the 12th is going to look a lot different than Vancouver on the 3rd, because this game almost put Vancouver completely out of contention, not mathematically, of course. So you got a different, uh, a different Vancouver team. 
So honestly, I think maybe they ping pong between uh, Vancouver, Arizona, Vancouver. Leonard maybe comes back on Wednesday, and then maybe you go with uh, Logan Thompson on Saturday, and then going back to Vancouver on the 12th. I think it depends on the game on the 9th, honestly. Yeah, because Vancouver could be entirely out of contention by then. But the one thing you have to say about the Canucks, they just dug in. They were down two to nothing and they really had a lot of focus and they kept pushing. And yeah, those are dangerous teams and dangerous games right down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, Vancouver, they threw everything they had, right? I mean, listen, this is something that VGK does lack. And this is also a double-edged sword, but VGK needed to get that third goal, right? They had the four-minute power play that didn't look very good. And really, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure throughout the entire second period, really into late in the third, there was some chances. So this was a very tough game on, on Vegas. You got to finish these opponents. You got to get this game over with, get that three or four goal lead, which they easily could have had in the first period, which probably would have made the outcome a lot different, but same breath, you know, listen, again, a week ago, we're hoping to get a four game winning streak. We got a five game winning streak. So if you're going to tell me the worst thing about this game, about the last five games is, oh, you know, we gave up a third period lead and we almost, you know, I mean, geez, we almost did lose this game in the last tenth of a second. Um, but, you know, if the worst thing that happened is we overcame a three-goal deficit against Chicago and, uh, you know, we had to work a little harder in overtime to get the extra point against Vancouver, life is good right now. Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about the Golden Knights. Uh, well, go- coming back home, obviously we should see some, Uh, different alignments from Pete DeBoer, uh, some other lines and whatever, but they kind of limped into the game against uh, the Canucks, uh, playing with 11 forwards, seven defensemen, and we saw a lot of double shifting on Sunday night. Jack Eichel was out there uh, for a bunch of double shifts. Uh, Does that concern you at all? Because it concerns me a little bit about uh, the minutes, especially if they have to play in that manner down the stretch and those back-to-backs and then again in games that are within close proximity. No, that, that's, that, that's a fair comment. Um, specifically about Eichel, he's also a kid in a candy store right now, right? You're in Buffalo for all those years. I don't know if they were ever reasonably competitive. I mean, he was upset two years ago during the bubble playoffs because Montreal had a chance, who I think was 500 exactly, and they were two points behind Montreal or something like that. And, I mean, outside of that, he hasn't even really sniffed contention for the playoffs. So, He's excited right now. He's also fresh, if you will. He missed the almost all last season minus a couple of games. And then, you know, the the, more, uh, lat- the bigger portion of this year's games. So, yeah, I mean, is there the injury risk because he's out there getting more minutes? Sure. But it's, he, his fatigue is not going to come into question. His energy is not going to come into question. His decision-making clearly is solid right now. He's not giving the puck over. He's creating huge turnovers. I mean, how about I think it was the second goal against Seattle on Friday night? I mean, he created that entire opportunity by beating out an icing, causing the turnover behind the net, and then he's wide open in front of the net, you know, early two-goal lead. So Eichel's going to be fine, but sure, the longer he's out there, there are the injury concerns. You'd rather see him rolling, uh, you know, the four forward lines and three defensive lines. Um but that hasn't been in the cards for the last two years right now, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And, uh, Especially please, in big games, go figure. Yeah, and, and please don't drop the gloves. <laughs> you can't drop the gloves if you're VGK. you got to just, hey, just run away, skate away, because yeah. they don't need any more injuries. Like, and Nicolas hurt, you know, and all that. Hey, Chris, let's take a break, and we'll come back. We'll get more of your comments on the way. You are listening to Locked On Golden Knights. 
Thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. It's free and available on all platforms. Welcome back. I'm Tony Cardasco, along with Chris Golick in his debut, official debut, as a co-host. And I'm sorry I cut you off before the break. No worries, man. What were no you going to say? Um, you got some, something good for us? Yeah, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> hey, what about it, that? It, it, it might, you, might, you were talking the, about the, the black were... label I'm drinking, but yeah, whatever. Okay, but you were talking about the Jack Eichel goal, right, uh, in uh, Seattle. And I have to the point fights, out. The fights. Okay, we could talk about the fights. <laughs> and let's also talk about that one play, the assist by Alec Martinez right on the stick of Eichel. Oh, oh my goodness. Great. That was a thing of beauty. Okay, fights. Back to the fights. Back to the fights. So, yes, skate away. The Seattle game, you know, go, I mean, let's go back to the Winnipeg game, the first Winnipeg game where they kicked our butts. We're controlling everything in the first period. And then I think it was – It was, was Colasar, I believe. Yeah, it was Colasar. You know, and then the game uh, – Amato against Seattle, right? Yeah, it was Amadio against Seattle. Amadio, pardon me for a that. Bunch of, a bunch just, of small guys are out there yes. fighting, dropping the gloves, and it just, you know, I mean, and then, uh, you know, it was uh, Kolasar against uh, Oleksiak. Yep. Uh, they've just been in too many fights here, and teams are going to try to rough them up, and it's just, it's going to get more difficult, but how do they try to avoid, you know, a lot of these fights? And that's the thing, like, I fighting is a double-edged sword. I, I know I say that a lot, but fighting has a place in the game. It, it energizes the team. It's exciting. But I was just talking to a, a hockey buddy today about this. I love sportsmanship. I love, you know, the, the interactions that players have while the game is going between the whistles. I love all that stuff. I think it's fun to watch. I think it's good for the game. I think it's good when the cameras catch that sort of thing, especially when you catch it on like a mic'd up thing on YouTube or something after the fact. But when you're fighting somebody, it is for motivation. It is anger. It is to get the crowd wild up, riled up and everything. And right after these fights, especially when it's a couple of heavyweights or it's a really good fight, they're patting each other on the back afterwards. Like, again, I'm all for the sportsmanship. I know these guys know each other outside and they don't try and hurt each other in the fights. But when you're fighting, it's anger, it's energy. Save the love for later. Now, Chris, you were at the Dollar Loan Center. It's the arena. You weren't going in there for a loan. Oh, maybe a loan for your season <laughs> tickets. <laughs> maybe maybe you needed some loot to make up for those season tickets because uh, you have them nice, for the Silver nice. Knights and the Golden Knights. That's but in any event, the brand-new arena. Now, I was in there for the Big West Conference basketball tournament. Yeah. A lot different with the configuration. Give us your first impressions of the new home of the Henderson Silver Knights. It's amazing. I mean, starting with all the positives, outside of the fresh paint and the fresh smell and the fact that the walls aren't uh, chipped with paint and dirty and stuff like that, it is, it's just an amazing environment. I mean, it's an AHL stadium. It's an AHL stadium. There's not going to be another AHL stadium that rivals this. Um, I've been to a few different stadiums around, around um, the AHL. I've been to Chicago and uh, the Rockford one, which is the Metro Center and the Allstate Arena in Chicago, well, Rosemont's. Um, been to Syracuse and their war memorial and some other just random places. And you cannot compare. I mean, if there was another deck on this place, it's T-Mobile, it's T-Mobile arena. It is literally a third or about half of the lower deck of T-Mobile take off the upper deck, tape off, take off all the suites. The technology is amazing. The sound is amazing. The scoreboard and the playback. 
Um, it is very loud in there though. If there's, um, I, I don't like how loud the music is because AHL is more about kids in my opinion. And when I got my six and seven year old there, the next time we go, they're wearing earplugs. I'm even going to wear earplugs. That's, if there's one negative, that's what I'm going to say. But the goal celebration, they got the lights going on and off after they score a goal. Uh, you got the, the, the horses up there with the no, 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 don't, their don't, noses and stuff. Don't bring up the and town crier. It's amazing. Don't, I, the one negative for me, the town crier. I just, I don't understand that. And okay, that's just too much for me. That's fair. It's, it's fun. <laughs> now he, it's AHL hockey. Now he's on skates, I guess. But this is Las Vegas. He's an okay skater. This is he's Las okay Vegas skater. AHL he's got good, hockey. He's got good hockey stuff. He played. He plays some drop in hockey. Me and him actually had some conversations. We're probably gonna gonna play one of these days together. He's a good guy. He he plays the part well. He's got the good accent. He's he's good. It's fine. All right. And then the kids uh, love it. Huzzah! Yeah. And uh, the Silver Knights. Uh, who was it? Cotter had a couple of goals, or the first goal right ever in the new arena. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a very. Um, Bobby Orr-esque goal, right? He's coming in right to left. His legs get taken out. He's flying like Superman, and he sticks his stick out, and he gets it as he's falling down. It wasn't as good as that, but it looked good. It was a great goal. It was exciting. Um, the second goal was a great tip and on a five-on-three, but, you know, bad pun coming. They just don't got the horses right now to compete with everyone <laughs> in the NHL sure. right now. It's it's so tough on them, but they're fun. It's great environments. Um I love everything about it, and I love that it's an eight-minute drive from my house. I love more. I don't have to go back to the Orleans to watch hockey anymore. No disrespect to the Orleans. It's just it's the Orleans. That's all. Yeah. Okay, so now tell the fans where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, at uh, TD Chris G on Twitter, at TD Chris G. And you can uh, not find at Robin Leonard, at, <laughs> at, at Robin underscore Leonard. Yeah, that's okay. That's not there. It's for the better. Okay. And it's uh, at Locked On VGK and at Tony Dasco. Chris, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. And we'd like to thank everyone for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you to become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. For Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. So long for now. We'll see you tomorrow right here. On Lockdown Golden Knights.